This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm your host, Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing well. Derek, Thursday, there wasn't a ton of news until we got into the late afternoon, early evening. About two hours before Kentucky football was scheduled to close practice, we were going to have Brad Watt, Yusuf Corker, DeAndre Square on Zoom calls to talk about practice, but that practice didn't take place. Uh, Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio was the first to report that the Kentucky football team walked off the field, walked off practice, and stood in unison in light of the racial injustices that are happening in the country and then are on the heels of the NBA, Major League Baseball, some of the pro leagues that did not play games Wednesday or Thursday in light of what happened in Wisconsin uh, with Jacob Blake. So Josh Paschal and Luke Fortner were the two UK student athletes that UK did make available to talk to the media. And they offered a very, some very good insight onto why they didn't practice on Thursday and just a very good message, Derek. And we're going to play some of that audio, but before we get into that, I just want to ask you just what do you think about some of the things that sort of just transpired on Thursday? Well, I thought it was a strong show, Unison. Uh, by the UK football program. And I will say that was the second time uh, this summer. If you want to go back to when they marched downtown in June, I believe it was June. Um, So in that regard, it wasn't shocking to me because Mark Stoops has shown in the past that he is on the side of his guys and he is willing to listen and whatever ideas they have. And you'll hear uh, Pascal and Fortner talk about it, but you know, they had the blessing of their coach on this. This was not, a mutiny or anything they were not going against anyone in the athletic department this was something that uh they talked about as a team and it was agreed upon that this is how they would handle uh the situations and Sean you can go ahead and we got the audio from from Pascal and Fortner both their opening statements and then once we play that we'll discuss a few of the other key points and and really uh just to break it down I mean really well put by both those guys they explained why they did it and I hope that uh it's something that You'll hear these clips, but I hope that you fans who listen to this podcast will seek it out on their own and listen to that full interview. I believe it was around 25 minutes or so. I think so. Uh, so. We're going to play about a minute and a half worth of audio. That It's from UK Athletics, so I should you know credit them that it's their audio. Uh, but before we get into that, I will say if, if you don't – if this isn't something that you want to hear discussed, just skip to about 10, 12 minutes into this episode, and there will be some more topics uh, around the SEC – because uh, I understand that not everyone wants to hear this. We we see that, but we strongly encourage you to listen to that interview on your own. 
And Derek, I think that that's something that we try to not do on this episode is get political. And we're not going to get political with this. We're just going to give the facts of what happened on Thursday and some things like that. So if you don't want to listen to that, I recommend skipping to about 12, 13 minutes into the episode and you'll get to the second half of the show. But let's go ahead and play that audio from Josh Pascal and Luke Fortner. We decided to use this time that we've been given today to address something that's more important than football. As a Power 5 football team, we come from all different backgrounds, but come together to turn awareness into action. In light of recent events involving police brutality, the team stands together in unity, knowing that there's a problem in this country. Playing for Coach Stoops means that we have a player's coach. We have a coach that empathizes and hurts with us while having our best interests at heart. The administration of the university has been great while with listening and offering any help that they can. Coach Stoops has made it known that he is for us and against this issue by protesting and giving us this opportunity. Our team has been a prime example of how our community should be. We may, be, we may have different beliefs or values, but we work together to fight for one goal. We've never had a problem with this team splitting up with this issue because we are a brotherhood and we know we are more than athletes because on this team we are treated as such. This is how we want others to see us as well. This isn't an issue for just our black teammates. It's an issue that involves all of our players and should involve all of our fans and community. We realize that as athletes, we have a platform. And we have decided as a team that we'll use this platform for positive change. And what does this mean? It means that we're not just going to tweet a hashtag. We plan on continuing our volunteer service, but with an emphasis on youth minorities in the community. We plan on opening dialogue with the Lexington police and inviting an open conversation. We plan on making this a consistent effort, not something that dies down in just a week. Right, Derek. That was uh, Josh Pascal and Luke Fortner. I guess just stands out to me, like you said in the opening, that this wasn't just something that the players had without the backing of Stoops and the rest of the staff. Is So Stoops walked in on the meeting, didn't even know it was taking place. And he sat in and he listened to his team and they presented what they were wanting to do. And what's he going to say at that point, Derek? He stood with them and told them he supported them. And sure enough, he did. And we didn't hear from Stoops. We won't hear from Stoops until tomorrow on or Friday today, I guess. If you're listening to this episode Friday morning, you'll hear from him on KSR. Uh, if not, then you'll hear from him again Saturday after practice. Uh, Derek, what was some of your takeaways? from what Pascal and Fortner said just in the opening. Yeah, well, I mean, in the opening, you know, Pascal stated right away while they were doing this that they felt like the current events going on in America right now, that's more important than practicing football on a Thursday afternoon in August. And, you know, they were able to present that in a way that, that made sense. They were able to come together as a team, thanks to that unity council, um, which is made up of, from what I could tell, several several veterans. I mean, uh, the name Cedric Dort, obviously Pascal Fortner, Drake Jackson, uh, Boogie Watson, Max Duffy, some other guys that, who I'm leaving off, but mainly the guys who probably the most respected players in that locker room and the guys who their teammates have trusted to, to make those kind of decisions for them. But, you know, the gist of it, like you heard from Pascal, the, you know, in a lot of recent events involving police brutality, our team stands together in unity knowing there's a problem in this country. Like we already said, not the first time that the team's taken a stand on that this summer. So, really, a few of the key points that I just wanted to hit on before passing it back to you is the message that Josh Pascal had because inevitably 
then there already are there there have already been negative comments tweeted at coaches tweeted at players tweeted at the uk football account the main point i think josh wanted to wanted to make was aside from the obvious that the reason they had it with the police brutality but just that you know they're more than athletes and that's something that you get some some segments that say you know stick to sports don't worry about that you know don't talk about anything else people aren't interested but Pascal flat out said that that hurts him when, when people say that. Um, he, he used LeBron James as an example to shut up and dribble. But a quote from Pascal was, hearing that and knowing that people really see us as entertainment, that just doesn't make sense in my mind because I bleed the same blood uh, bleed the same blood as Luke bleeds. And we may look different, but we're both intelligent young men. We're student athletes. We carry loads that are different than a regular student. But with that being said, I feel like I'm educated enough to speak on this topic as well. Um. Of course, I went through this being a black man in America, so I have experience that I can talk about as well. So, you know, he said it gets under his skin when he hears that thing and probably something to keep in mind if you've ever been kind of in that segment that these people are more than whatever they are on Saturdays. And I I know maybe some don't like to view it that way, but I felt like it was important for Pascal to be able to talk about how he felt. And you know he's not just speaking for himself on that. I mean, that's a whole locker room full of guys who he's he's speaking for when he makes those kind of – comments yeah and they said that well Luke said that he showed up he arrived at the facility today you know preparing to practice and then he sees that Pascal you know was hurting he mentioned Boogie Watson and he's he could see sense that football wasn't what needed to happen on Thursday that they needed to come together as a team and Derek I think that that's something that we've seen with this program is it doesn't matter whether you're black or you're white these guys are a family. They come together. They, they tackle everything as a team. Nobody fights anything alone. We've seen that with Pascal, with his cancer diagnosis. We've seen that with John Schlarman. They attack every single thing together. And that's why we don't see any of these players ever come out and really criticize the way Mark Stoops and the staff handles anything like this. It's always support. You know, you see DeAndre Square tweeting and uh, putting on Instagram today that, you know, he's proud of his coaches and everything and how they handle the – the situations and everything that comes up with the players. And then they go to the statue out in front of the training facility there, Derek, and take a group photo at the place where it really it all started with Nate Northington, Greg Page, Wilbur Hackett, and Houston Hawk, the four that integrated the SEC. It's, it's only fitting that Kentucky sort of sparked this today to where other programs made the same decision to, to not play. I uh, had the list here a second ago. I know Western Kentucky, South Florida, Mississippi State. There were some more too. Who I can't remember who they were. Was was Boston College one? I believe you said that. Yeah. Okay, so there were like six or seven programs that followed Kentucky's lead on this and did not practice. And two, we could have not heard from them at all till Saturday. But I thought it was good that UK gave us those two. And it didn't need to be a coach that talked. It needed to be one of those players that was in on that meeting that led the meeting. And we got two of the best, Derek. Yeah, we did. And the main gist, if you haven't heard that full interview with Fortner, is they were asked, you know, that the obvious question is, what is your goal in doing something like this? And he said for the short term, what they want to focus on is creating dialogue with the Lexington youth along with law enforcement and and continue to, I guess, familiarize themselves with each other. And that shows a tangible, you know, effort from this because it does seem like if there is a – if there is a 
a criticism of this. It's a people are just kind of saying, you know, well, what does that, what difference does that make if you don't practice on a Thursday? And maybe that, that effort alone isn't going to change a ton of things, but think about it, Sean, there was no practice report today, right? Like they're normally on a Thursday. What are we talking about right now? You know, the issues in America and that's part of the conversation that keeps it in the news cycle. It keeps these issues brought up and you know, whether you want to talk about those issues or not, I mean, I can't speak for other people, but us covering sports, this is going to be something that I think is going to become a thing now. You know, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of people sitting things out as much. You, you've seen that kind of a stoops. I mean, he talked about it uh, in June uh, at the protests is that, you know, this is not something you sit on the sidelines anymore. On. You know, he usually, and, and granted, there were a ton of these things in recent years. There were certainly uh, issues with police brutality with, with black men there's, uh, and women. There's no question about that. But in terms of the movement, I think this is really the first year that's been like this. And, and Stoops has taken the side of his players like he should. And I think any time that they feel the need to express themselves like this, I think he's going to be in their corner. Yeah, and the reaction inside the program, this is what you get when everyone's on the same page. Mm-hmm. This could – there's going to be situations, Derek, around college football and college athletics to where it becomes a mess when if a head coach isn't supporting their black student athletes or their white student athletes that stand with the black student athletes. There's going to be situations where we see that in college sports. Not everybody's going to be on the same page. I think if, if you're a UK fan listening to the show, even if you don't necessarily agree with anything, you should you should be proud with the way they handle mm-hmm. situations. It's a professional program. The voice – Yes, Stoops has paid the most money, Derek. But the reason he's paid this money is because of the kids that come and put on that jersey that families trust him to take care of them, take care of their kids. That's why they come to Kentucky. And I think that that's what you see here is that this isn't just his football players. Those are his kids. Right. I mean, it's no secret that the majority of – and speaking of college basketball, on college football, the two biggest revenue sports. I mean, it's predominantly made up of African-Americans. And that's not a shock to anyone by any means. And there's a voice that they feel like now needs to be heard. And I'm sure there have always been athletes um, throughout history. I mean, and in America, since from the 60s on, who have made points, uh, brought attention to this. Certainly in recent years, a very polarizing person, Colin Kaepernick. I mean – Certainly today, and this year is not the first time that things like this have happened, but at UK, I mean, it is kind of a new age at UK. I can't remember prior to the Black Lives Matter march in June of anything like this taking place in a team setting in unison. I believe there were around 50 players back in June. Not everybody was on campus yet because, you know, with COVID, they had to slow down the who came to campus and when, so they just couldn't bring the whole team in like normally. And then, of course, today, though, everybody's there and everybody's in unison everybody's out there in front of that trophy or sorry, not the trophy, the statues of uh, the four black players who integrated SEC football. And I think that was a powerful image today that was out there and, and really something that there's no question that the team will, will only get closer from this and that's important, but really just the whole dialogue that's being created amongst these teammates and what's being asked of, of people like us who, who cover this, to, you know, share these things and, Honestly, I think it was a, I think it was a good thing that happened today. And like you said, even if you don't totally agree with everything, you know, I think you have to be happy with the way they presented themselves. Like I said, if that's not something that you wanted to hear, 
pass up the audio and go on to the next because we're going to talk about some other things going on in the SEC, and that's what we're going to jump into right now, Derek, is uh, one team in the SEC didn't practice in addition to Kentucky and Mississippi State, but it wasn't because of the same reason. It was because of COVID-19 cases uh, from the most recent round of testing, and that was Auburn, Kentucky's first opponent in less than a month now. So what do you make of that? This is something that you and I talked about, I think, over the weekend when we saw some of the things going on on Auburn's campus that there was definitely going to be a break out there. I don't know exactly the numbers. I'll click on it and see. Uh, let's get your thoughts on that first, and then I'll come back with uh, what this story from uh, AL.com says. Yeah, well, we're still about a month out from the first game, a little little less than a month now, but not not stunning. I mean, I think cases were expected, and like you, I haven't clicked yet on that article. Once you provide the numbers, I guess it'll tell how how bad it is or maybe, maybe not something that's going to be a long-term thing, but – you're going to continue to see cases. Uh, UK actually had their numbers come out yesterday, and they, they still look great. I mean, I think they've done a phenomenal job handling this. And other schools have as well, uh, no question about it. But people knew whenever students came back to campus, it was going to create this kind of environment where you're going to have positive cases go up just with your football players interacting with the students and classes. And not, some students don't have in-person classes, but others do. And you get all those kind of people around, and it's going to create a potential environment where – COVID can spread and shoot, man, how many schools have already kind of shut it down? I mean, Notre Dame, North Carolina, some other schools have, are going remote and that might be the way a lot of schools go, but for Kentucky so far, um, I know there have been cases at UK, but within athletics, still doing a pretty good job, I think. Yeah. And that story actually doesn't give a number, but this was the second straight day that they didn't have practice due to positive cases it says a team spokesman confirmed to AL.com that the team did not practice on Thursday but did not disclose why the Tigers did not take the field again. And then a source confirmed to them that the cancellation of Thursday's practice was due to several positive COVID-19 test results from the most recent round of testing. So this was a program that I think that didn't have many cases at first. It says Auburn's football program reported 34 total positive COVID-19 tests between June 4th when the players first returned to campus on August 13th with only three of those resulting in the initial round. So this is uh, obviously, Derek, it's probably more than one. If it's Obviously, if it's multiple days. Uh, so I guess we'll wait and have to, have to wait and see what the numbers are. But I guess if there, if there is some good news to it, it's still a month away until Kentucky travels to Auburn. If this were a week and a half before the first game, then I don't know if we would even get to that game. So I think that's the thing to sort of watch now is just uh, what the numbers and what does this look like leading up to game week? Yeah, I think the SEC continues to look smarter and smarter scheduling at September 26th. That was uh, in some cases, I think two weeks later than some of these other conferences that had planned to play on the 12th. But you look at some of those ACC teams, I believe it was NC State and I don't know who they were supposed to play, but they already had to postpone that game. So if this game was happening two weeks from now, Sean, I mean, it might be a little tricky, but we'll see. I think that this is the phase that they can get through it, you know, as of now. When we first started doing this podcast a couple of weeks ago, what was our main hesitancy? You know, we were like, man, there's not football. I don't think a daily podcast is going to work, right? <laughs> so uh, it's gotten to the point, though, where 
will college football happen, that that talking point has died down a little bit, and it's not gone away by any means, but it's died down a little bit. It's not as dire as it once looked. But these are things that teams are still have to work through as they go on. And COVID's not going away. It certainly will still be a thing throughout the whole season. So it's hard to give any kind of long-term projections on this, but you just hope that whoever it is at Auburn, you know, I hope for their sake that they're asymptomatic and not dealing with any of the effects of a virus that is – proven to be pretty cruel uh, to some people so yeah hopefully they get healthy and it doesn't spread too much and they can get back out there and, and do what they love and staying on the Auburn topic just a little longer uh, so I was watching SEC now Thursday night and Roman Harper who has joined the SEC network the former strong safety for the Saints and Alabama he actually predicted Kentucky to win that game Derek he predicts Auburn to start 0-2 with losses to Kentucky and Georgia so Roman Harper's, cat, uh, he's big on the cats, isn't he? Didn't he he have is. He, well, he actually did. Terry That's Wilson, what I, right? he did. He had Terry Wilson ranked number four in SEC quarterback rankings. And Derek, I actually, I texted Susan Lax last night after we recorded the episode with uh, Terry. And I said, of course, I asked Terry about disrespect and quarterback rankings. And the first thing that comes out as soon as we stop recording is he's in the <laughs> top four of another one. And, you know, she said about Tom. So, yeah, like we hadn't seen him get any kind of love at all, Derek. And then it's like after we record, maybe we facilitated that. Maybe. I mean, Harper picking. I mean, that's it's kind of a trendy pick a little bit. I mean, he had Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports, who I think, Sean, I haven't told you this, but here on the air, but here at Brandon covered Auburn for a long time. I'm thinking we might be able to get him on the episode uh, for an episode going into that game week. I think he'd be a good guy to talk to, and we can hit on a few of those other SEC games as well if that's something people would be interested in. But he was the guy who at first he predicted that if Joey Gatewood played, he thought Kentucky would win. And then I think maybe it occurred to him that, you know, even if Gatewood is eligible, he's probably not going to be the quarterback that game. But he still thought UK would have a pretty good chance to win. And when that open line was dropped down to about a touchdown – I mean, that probably tells you, too, that the odds makers, you know, have some faith in Kentucky that they could pull off a win in that game. And the uh, Harper's top five returning SEC quarterbacks. So that was his list was returning. Uh, number one, Kyle – yeah, number one, Kyle Trask from Florida. Number two, Mac Jones from Alabama. Number three, Kellen Mond, Texas A&M. Number four, Terry Wilson, Jr. And number five, Bo Nix. So, so those are his top five returning quarterbacks. So – uh no Jones or Kellen Mond. That seems I know. Uh, no Garantano. No Garantano in the top five. So uh, some respect to Terry Wilson. I think that it's good to see Terry get some respect. And if you haven't listened to that episode, there was something weird going on with the podcast feed. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it wasn't just on mine and Derrickson. I actually talked to some other people. If you had trouble finding that episode, it should be there now. So if you haven't listened yeah. to that, that was uh, Wednesday's episode. No, sorry, Thursday's episode. And that should be episode 15 of the podcast because this is 16. So if you haven't listened to Terry Wilson, go back. I'm going to continue plugging that the next couple of days. Uh, but, Derek, I don't think there's a whole lot else has happened that we can really get into and cover here. Uh, you got anything to add before we wrap this thing up? I'm going back to that quarterback list. I mean – Trask goes from a backup quarterback who hadn't even started in his high school to the number one returning quarterback in the SEC. I mean, what a story that is. But, man, I thought Kellen Mond was like the – I thought Kellen Mond would have a case for number one. And you're telling me he's number three behind Mac Jones? I mean, Harper's uh, 
He started up a little bit. I bet he got some feedback on that on Twitter. Was that him that tweeted? It was SEC Network account. I'm sure the uh, I'm sure there were some AM fans on there who weren't too happy with that. It was the network account that tweeted okay. it. Uh, I didn't hear his reason why. I guarantee you. Maybe that's a guy we can get on the show. I might try to get him on and see if we can uh, get him to come on and talk about Terry and some things like that. Derek, as we're sitting here, before we wrap this thing up, uh, legendary coach Lute Olson, former Arizona head coach, passed away tonight. I mean, that's uh, Kentucky fans will know that name, especially older Kentucky fans. Kentucky-Arizona 1997 National Championship game. Kentucky lost that game in overtime. So, uh, very just close con- to being UK's head coach. Very close. So just uh, condolences to the Olsen family. And uh, he was a legend in college basketball. Very good coach uh, during that time. So 1934 to 2020. So that that's a guy that I – my childhood, I remember watching Arizona. Had some good teams out there. And uh, that game – it hurt me for a long time, Derek, <laughs> when they yeah, beat Kentucky in overtime. But uh, this has been a, another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll see you next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.